Hello and welcome to Management 101 once again. My name is Max Winokur. I am your host. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Today we're going to talk through uh, something that I get asked about a lot and is also something that's often on my mind because it's one of the core pieces to being a great manager and that is delivering feedback. Uh, feedback has a lot of misconceptions about it and uh, also is very frequently handled incorrectly by managers, which results in a situation where uh, trust is eroded between manager and team member, improvements are not made, and ultimately the business does not perform nearly as well. The best organizations are ones where feedback is uh, delivered effectively, therefore received well and then acted upon and you as a manager are responsible for the in particular the first part of that equation so that's what we're going to talk through today i think this is a topic that probably deserves a lot more than one episode worth of content but we're going to try to consolidate into the major parts and then probably there'll be additional episodes later on talking through it so let's just start by talking through the goals of feedback. Uh, feedback, first of all, it is meant to help an individual be as successful as possible in their role. Uh, and you give feedback in order to help someone start doing something that they're not doing, stop doing something that they are doing, or keep doing something that they're already doing, or you know, have them do more of it. Feedback is definitely not meant to just check a box as a manager. And uh, sort of a corollary to that is feedback is definitely not meant to be offered only twice a year or once a year or once a quarter as part of a formal performance review. Um, that will ultimately be very ineffective for, for your team and will result in the team not performing the way that they potentially could if feedback were handled differently. Okay, so now let's talk about types of feedback. In my mind, and there are definitely different schools of thought on this, there are two types of feedback. This splits into tactical feedback. Uh, this, these are things that are really basic, uh, sort of minor things that either are do, done well or not done well. And if not done well, then they simply need to be tweaked a little bit in order to improve. Uh, and then there's the more strategic feedback that's more related to someone's professional development. So a good example of tactical feedback. Um, yeah, I have a team member who just made a presentation in a meeting and I go to them afterward and I say, hey, your presentation was really effective because you spoke with confidence. Um, or another example, hey, this project plan could be clearer to your stakeholders if you were more concise with your bullet points. Um, now, development-related or strategic feedback, a uh, little bit larger in scale, uh, needs to be handled certainly a little bit more delicately as well. A couple examples of this. Uh, it talks more about the person's role or their capabilities within the role. So one, uh, hey, in order to be successful in this role, we need to up-level your analytical capabilities. So that's talking through someone's abilities to be analytical in their role and it's obviously a little bit more than, hey, that was a really good presentation. And another example, your ability to manage stakeholders through effective communication has been critical to your team's success, and I want to help further develop this superpower. So this is something the person's already doing well, but uh, they, should, if anything, should just do more of. And uh, so you can see, again, that this is more related to someone's professional development and their capabilities and less around very tactical 
minor things. Both types of feedback, to be clear, are important, but I think it's uh, I, I think it's worthwhile separating them in your head because they really need to be handled somewhat differently. In the case of tactical, very specific minor feedback, I tend to think about this type of feedback as being able to be offered pretty much any time. Uh, of course, assuming that the person is open to it at the moment, we'll get more into that later. Uh, but there's not really like a better time to offer it versus a worse time. In fact, generally speaking, the closer to the example that you can offer to the person. So when something happens, the sooner you can offer that feedback to them about it afterward, the more likely it is to be effective. With the development-related stuff, this uh, this type of feedback often comes with a bit of back and forth because uh, you're, you're talking more about the in some ways, the person as a human being and as a professional, um, it, it can cut a little deeper. It can certainly be a lot more impactful. And so I think it's not as wise to just offer this up anytime. Uh, and therefore, uh, I think it's best to set aside time to discuss this during a development check-in, which we'll talk about in a bit as well. So just to review, you have tactical feedback that's very specific, often minor pieces of feedback. The best setting for that is anytime. Um, whereas the development-related feedback, it's really important to set aside specific time dedicated to that feedback. Cool. Okay, so we've got the, the types of feedback. You've got the goals. Uh, now, when, when should you deliver feedback? I'm going to ask three questions that need to be answered before you can decide this is a good time to deliver feedback in, in general. Uh, the first question is, is your direct report, the person you're giving the feedback to, is that person in the right headspace for receiving feedback? Um, it's pretty easy to be having a bad day and be very not open to feedback, even if it's well-intended. Uh, so there are some good ways to check for this. Uh, I, I like to look at these cues uh, one, have they communicated having a tough day or do they seem particularly distracted? If you're not really sure, you can also ask. You can say, hey, I'd love to, um, to offer you some feedback on uh, the meeting that we, that we had earlier. Is now a good time? And if not, uh, maybe we can schedule some time for later. Um, pe people will tell you if they're, if they're open to feedback. But I also think it's important to, to check your context clues and just make sure there aren't any red flags around the person seeming upset or, you know, distracted. Next question, after you've answered, yeah, they are in the right headspace and I can deliver this. Are you in the right headspace? Uh, feedback can bring up a lot of emotions. You're telling someone, particularly if it's critical feedback. Now, to be clear, positive feedback, think that you're, you're safer and pretty much offering that anytime you want to. Um, and to be clear, that is very important feedback as well. It's equally, if not more important. But when you're delivering critical feedback, it brings up a lot of emotions. You're calling someone out for something that um, you think they need to be doing better. And uh, it's important that you be able to absorb those emotions and be able to have a productive conversation about the topic. Um, if you're not in the right headspace, if you're having a bad day, if you're feeling distracted, if you feel like you might be set off easily, it is definitely not the right time to provide feedback. So make sure that both you and the person you're offering this feedback to are in the right headspace for it. And then finally, is there enough time to deliver the feedback? You can't just say the feedback and walk away. Uh, make sure there are at least you know 10 minutes or so or maybe more to be able to have a true conversation about it. You might think it's relatively innocuous. Hey, I, I think some of those bullet points in your slides uh, were a little bit uh, incoherent and maybe it were confusing to, to the people in the, in the meeting. 
that, that might be pretty innocuous to you, but it, you know, it, it might be something that your direct report or the person you're giving feedback to really wants to discuss in depth. So make sure you've set aside time for both of you to be able to talk through it if that's required. And the worst that happens is uh, you you don't need that time, but you definitely don't want the opposite situation where one of you or both of you really wants to talk through it more and you don't have the time to do so. Okay, so we've got uh, the why of feedback. We've got the types of feedback. We have the um, the time for feedback. Now, how to actually deliver it. Um, so this is, this goes to a little bit more of an existential level of, of thinking about feedback. Uh, first of all, as a manager, your job to, is to deliver feedback in the way that the person getting it needs to hear it. So uh, the, the someone described this to me once and I really liked it. it. It was feedback is not measured from when it leaves your mouth. It is measured from when it hits the person's ears. What that means is it doesn't really matter how you want to deliver feedback. Uh, it matters how that person who you're offering it to needs to receive it. And we'll talk through some examples in a moment, but different people have very different preferences for how they want to receive feedback. And it is really important to keep that in mind because if you don't handle it in a way that's appropriate to the individual, it is highly likely that it will not land correctly and you will erode trust and also they won't be able to improve in this thing because they won't be ready to they won't have heard it in the way they need to so how do you know what way a direct report might want to receive feedback um first you can ask them uh if someone came to me and said hey i really want to know what how you want to receive feedback i'm not sure i'd have a great answer to that off the top of my head but you know what i would have a great answer to is ask ask me if I've ever received feedback in a way that I liked or I didn't like. Now, instead of thinking about it theoretically, I'm looking back to examples of managers who have given me feedback in the past or direct reports who've given me feedback in the past. And I can literally think about those examples and say, how did I feel about the way that was delivered versus how did I feel about the way that was delivered? And I can probably offer some some context. So uh, for me, I, I really appreciate time being set aside for it uh, versus it being offered in the moment. When it's offered to me in the moment, I kind of feel like I'm being watched versus if it's time set aside for it, well, we'd already planned for it anyway, so I can kind of expect that that's going to be offered then. Um, another example, some people really like feedback sandwiches. They need some positive feedback surrounding the critical feedback. Um, I've, I've heard some managers and, and some uh, coaches say, you know, avoid feedback sandwiches because they can really reduce the impact of the critical feedback. Um, it may, that makes sense to me, but I also think some people just kind of need positive feedback added to the critical stuff because otherwise they're just going to dwell on that critical stuff in a way that probably won't be that productive. Another example, um, some people prefer very direct in the moment feedback. So I once had a direct report who told me that she wanted feedback literally immediately after whatever situation had occurred and she wanted it all the time. So uh, whereas some folks I literally set aside time for with her, I would just send her a message on Slack whenever I had an observation about something that she was doing great or something that needed improvement. And she loved that. It ended up being very easy for both of us because I um, I could just deliver it in the moment. I didn't have to think about it beyond that moment or even take a note of it because I could literally just ping her and she was very responsive to it and, and loved that. But 
if you had done that for me, it would have been awful. I would have felt like I was being watched all the time by my manager and it would have been very unproductive. I probably would have had a hard time hearing that feedback. And so that goes to the other end of the spectrum, which is some people prefer to have time set aside. So I have a monthly development check-in with all of my direct reports uh, where uh, we talk through things that are kind of beyond individual projects and we're talking through their professional development, how they're feeling about their role, what their professional goals are, what they really want to be learning more of, how I can be more effective for them as a manager. And in those check-ins is often a really good time uh, to to talk about feedback, both for you as the manager and how you can be most effective to them, but also feedback for them around how they're performing in their role, areas that you really want uh, them to continue uh, being strong in and focusing on and also areas where maybe they have uh, some room for improvement and um, and that's a great place to talk through them. Some best practices. Um, so now we're talking about the actual meat of delivering feedback. Um, first, separate the person from the role that they're in. There's a very big difference between saying you need to get better at this and this role requires proficiency in this. Um, one of them can come across as very accusatory. It can also just come across as quite personal. If you say to me, hey, you need to be a better communicator. Uh, I, I'm thinking, oh, I'm a really bad communicator. I, uh, I'm failing as a professional. I might be failing as a human. Or as if you say, hey, this role really needs a a very high level of communication capabilities. Now I'm thinking about it in terms of just what's required of me in the role and not am I a worthwhile human being. Um, I once had a, someone on my team who was really struggling working effectively with other members of their team. Uh, his manager was who was reporting to me would tell him that other team members had a really hard time working with him. And every time this team member would just get defensive and say it was everyone else's fault that he couldn't work with them or, you know, other excuses like that. And it was very clear that we were not having a very productive conversation about it. And we were trying the same thing twice and expecting different results. And eventually we realized that and, and said, okay, we need to figure out another way of delivering this feedback such that this person can internalize it and not just get defensive because they're not getting any better. The situation is not getting better. And... Uh, every conversation that was being had on this topic was res resulting in less and less trust between this team member and their manager. So we did, we actually went to our um, professional development leader and we said, hey, here's the situation. He had a great recommendation, which was, we sh he said we should shift to an approach of saying, one of the requirements for success in this role is having really strong teamwork capabilities. And that, when we delivered it to this person, shifted the conversation to, from being about him to being about the necessities and requirements of the role. He no longer felt attacked. And in fact, it became a very productive conversation where he started helping come up with ideas on how to improve in this area because it felt more like a team effort than his manager just telling him, hey, you need to get better at this. So that's, that's first, is separating the person from the role. And you'll see there's a theme here of how do you separate the person from what's going on at work such that people don't get defensive. The next thing is separating the person from the action. And you'll probably hear this a lot from uh, 
any any couples therapist who who uh, tries to help couples deliver feedback, it's never use you. Uh, and that, that applies very much in feedback too. This is a relationship we're trying to develop and manage. And when you're talking through examples uh, in a feedback setting, it can be really easy to put someone on the defensive by using you, ling- you language, like you did this. So here's a bad example. Uh, you really pissed off some of the team with your email. Uh, we're, we're basically accusing this person of, of upsetting people. Here's a better version. Some team members felt that they were being blamed in the email that you sent. So now we're we're saying not you did this, but rather your email did this. And um, we're ending with the you part rather than starting with it. So the result is it's not me that's pissing people off. It's my email. And I just happened to send that email. And it's a really big difference between saying your action caused this and you caused this. Ultimately, you know, people don't cause things to happen. It's their actions that do. And talking about someone's actions helps them feel less personally attacked and helps them really think about it more uh, with a more unbiased lens and a more productive uh, mindset. Next, don't state opinions as facts. Um, And here's an example of, of stating opinion as a fact. It's clear to me that you don't prioritize your job because you never show up to meetings on time. What's the problem with this? The problem here is that you are making assumptions about their intentions. This will make people defensive. I'm telling you that you don't prioritize your job because of this example that I'm sharing. Um, Very accusatory and also it is very much a perception on my part. It is not a fact. Uh, I can't tell you how you're feeling or how you prioritize things. I can only tell you my perception. I think this is really important to call out. So here's a better version of that statement I just made. Your inconsistent meeting attendance is creating the perception that your job is not important to you. So there's probably a little bit more that needs to be added there to call out like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help um, you be successful and I want to make sure that uh, the perception of your work is a positive one such that uh, you know your performance is perceived positively. But at the, at the very basic, what we're talking about here is the inconsistent meeting attendance and not whether this person prioritizes their job. So we're talking about the perception that it creates and not a fact about how they're feeling about it. So again, focusing on... Uh, not stating opinions as facts, but stating opinions as, hey, this is the perception that your actions are causing me to have. So where do where do managers often make mistakes in delivering feedback? Well, we talked about putting someone on the defensive. And the reason I keep coming back to this is because it's it's really easy to do. You as a manager have probably no idea that you're doing it, but Every manager has done this. Um, it's it's very natural. Giving feedback is an incredibly unnatural talent and um, something that really needs to be developed over time with specific focus and thought about it. And what I found is that most managers think that they're delivering feedback effectively when in reality they are upsetting team members and eroding trust. And ultimately the results are that this person is not improving and you actually have a harder time communicating with them over time. So 
managers often put people on the defensive without realizing it. It is really easy to make someone feel uncomfortable or feel attacked. Once you do that, there's really no way that that person is going to constructively receive feedback from you. And then you also risk damaging the trust that you've built with them. So, um, we talked about some ways to avoid that. One is really separating that person from their role and from their actions, stating, hey, here are the expectations of the role and, hey, here is the here is the result of your action um, or your email, your um, meeting, you name it, versus you did this or you need to be better at this. Another one is, uh, another mistake that managers often make is delivering feedback at inopportune times. So it doesn't really matter when you want to deliver feedback. It matters a lot more when the other person is ready to receive it. And so just thinking about like, hey, I want to deliver feedback right now because this is important. You are missing the point entirely. Uh, it is, it's better to focus on when are when is that person going to be ready to receive this feedback and in what format. And then that um, goes to the third point, which is, Another mistake that managers make is delivering feedback without considering how that person wants to receive it. Um, I've, I've heard a manager literally say to me, you know, I'm not bothered by getting called out in front of other people. So I'm just going to do the same thing for my direct reports. That is a recipe for disaster, my friend. Uh, please avoid calling people out in public unless they specifically asked for that because that is generally not the best approach. And certainly it illustrates the point of just because you want something done a certain way does not mean that your direct reports do. And uh, there's a book that I read, or maybe this is just general knowledge around the platinum rule, which is, you know, the golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. The platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated. And there's nowhere that that is more applicable than in a management and feedback setting. Um, so yeah, all, all these things are really important to keep in mind. Um, ensuring you're putting, you're, you're putting someone on the same team as you, you're demonstrating that you're here to help this person succeed and not just telling them that they, that they suck at something. Um, making sure that you're delivering feedback at, at opportune times, times that make sense for the individual receiving that feedback. And then uh, finally, making sure you're delivering in a way that uh, makes sense for that person, not just how, how you want it to be delivered. Uh, and then sort of a corollary to that general rule of thumb, positive feedback can sometimes be delivered in public. Critical feedback never should be delivered in public. People don't like getting called out. It doesn't really matter if you're upset at someone and want to, you know, put them on notice. Uh, it is never a good idea to offer critical feedback in any way in a public setting uh, where others are others are around. You know, even if it's a team meeting, don't offer critical feedback in that setting because it makes you come across as petty. It's definitely not the ideal way for most people to receive feedback. And it's going to make everyone else in that room scared of receiving, of doing anything wrong because they're worried about getting called out themselves. So I, I want to talk now about uh, an example of how I personally approach handling feedback um, as a way to hopefully illustrate uh, an approach that you could take as a first time feedback giver or someone who actively wants to improve on delivering feedback. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, set aside time every month, which with each of my direct reports, and this time is, is 45 minutes or an hour. And it is a separate meeting from our one-on-one -on -one. One-on-ones tend to focus on what the problem of the day is, things that we need to chat through right now because they need to be taken care of because they're relevant to the business. 
Um, whereas a professional development conversation or a development check-in, as I call them, uh, that's a conversation more about the person's professional development around how they're doing in their role, less around the projects and more about them as a human being. And in that um, in that conversation, by default, I set aside a section for feedback to be offered in both directions. Now, some people ultimately say, hey, this is not the format in which I want to do this. I find that I'm like not always prepared or that uh, I feel like I'm kind of on the spot. I, I'd rather you mention the feedback in real time. That way there's less delay. I have to be wor less worried about like, oh, what is Max going to say to me uh, in our monthly check-in? But, um, you know, by default, this tends to be a, a best practice and then you can adjust from there. Um, so now let's talk through a specific piece of constructive feedback that I want to offer my team members. I like starting with the context. Um, and so in this example, this is a person who has recently been promoted into a role with more responsibility. Uh, and the context is both that they've been promoted into this role and the company is growing really fast. So the context here is they, um, sorry, they are, they, I've already offered the context. The problem that's occurring is that this person's uh, stakeholders have mentioned to me a number of times now that they're not getting adequate updates from this team member on, on what their team is up to. And they, they feel as though they're being left in the dark. They're not accusing uh, this person of doing it maliciously, but they really need more frequent communication from her in order to make sure that their teams are handling their own work effectively because her team's work is just so impactful to the whole organization. So I start with the context for her, which is, hey, you have taken on a lot more responsibility recently, and I'm here to help you be as successful as possible in this larger role. Um, so that's the context. And then I start with the observation or the situation, which is that this person's stakeholders are, are lacking updates. So I say one of the areas that is critical in this uh, larger role, more so than in your past roles, is stakeholder communication. A lot of teams are impacted by your and your team's work. And I want to help set up better lines of communication to those uh, teams to ensure that they're aware of what you're doing. So, so far you can see, I haven't really accused her of anything. Um, I haven't even said she's doing something wrong. I've just said, here's the here's something that's important that I wanna work on together. And then I go to the next thing, which is why does, why does this matter at all? And so what I said was, the company has grown a lot. When we were smaller, it was pretty easy to know what everyone else was up to. But now that we've grown and you've taken on more responsibility, keeping other teams updated is both a lot harder to do naturally, and it's also a lot more important. So I'm saying I want to create better lines of communication because your team's work is really important and it matters to other team members. And uh, the, I, I talk through why this is important. And then I sort of, bring her into the fold, I say, do you think we could spend a few minutes here coming up with some ideas on how to keep your stakeholders more in the loop? So again, I'm not accusing her of anything. Um, I'm not saying you suck at this. I'm not even saying you're bad at this. I'm just saying this is something that really needs to go well, and I want to work together on making it go well. So you can see I've, I've delivered feedback uh, in a way that's saying this is an area for growth, not you're bad at this. And I think 
well, this is an actual example. So I remember well, she was very open to coming up with ideas and this ultimately became an area of strength for her, if anything. Um, and I think part of the reason for that beyond her just willingness to improve and desire to succeed was me bringing this up in a way that helped her think productively about it. If I had said, hey, your stakeholder communication really sucks or some version of that, she probably would have been in a worse mindset about it, would have felt worse about it, and um, we probably would not have gotten to the same place. So um, you can see here by, by focusing on making this a productive uh, team-oriented conversation where we're both working on this together, I've taken the nastiness out of critical and constructive feedback and made it an area uh, that can really uh, foster a lot of ideas. So that's part one of probably a million on on delivering feedback. Uh, I hope this was useful. Uh, there are a lot of different ways to offer feedback, and I think you know your style as a manager probably dictates some of how you need to deliver feedback. Not in, not in terms of like the setting and and uh, you know obviously you need to keep in mind what your team member needs, but also you need to make sure that you're not coming across as uh, robotic or. Uh, uncomfortable yourself. So it, this takes practice and, and learning. And I can tell you from having worked with many direct reports who who have their own direct reports, it never comes easy the first time, requires some practice. Um, please feel free to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn or in my email, which is max at Wenecorp, W-E-N-N-E-C-O-R-P.com. If you want any sort of tactical thoughts on how to approach a specific situation um, or you want to just chat through it more. Uh, this is an area that I think is really important. If everyone in the world were better at giving feedback, we'd all be a lot better off as a, as a human race. So uh, thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed and, and, uh, and have a great rest of your week.